up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham and Justin Trace of Talking Football coming to you today. I don't know how many more days till we have to the Super Bowl, but let me tell you, I am freaking ecstatic. We're not really going to talk about it too much this episode. Be prepared for next episode to strictly be Super Bowl talk for my Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Francisco 49ers, the bad guys who the Chiefs are playing in Miami. This is something I'm excited about, but like I said, we are going to wait until next episode. But today, plenty of around the laces to go to, several news going in the NFL because that's a business that just doesn't sleep. And Trees, speaking of doesn't sleep, that's pretty much what we did last week. We did not sleep very much. The trip home from Mobile was an all-day event for you and I. So I need to know, how did your trip end up going? Any hiccups? Did you eat any good food at any airport, your layover? Let me hear all about it and then how you're doing up to this point from Mobile, man. I'm still tired, that's for sure. Uh, I was talking to some friends, and they're like, yeah, how was it? I'm like, the earliest we went to bed was about 3.15, 3.30. That was the earliest. Uh, stayed out till almost 6, a couple or one night, and then the other ones were about 4 o'clock. It was crazy, dude. It was a blast. Uh, obviously, they all everybody heard about our it, the last couple episodes. Uh, travel home, long day. Uh, I had a couple hour layover in Charlotte, so that wasn't super fun. But uh, kind of just hung out. I actually edited our podcast at the airport, uh, and then I just went and had some sushi and just kind of just hung out and uh, watched. You know. I actually watched some recaps of some of the practice and whatnot just to see if I missed anything. Obviously, when you're there, like you're you're trying to pay attention to a lot of things, but like you can't. Like you have to just focus on one thing at a time. Uh, I started looking at my notepad and just realized how big of a fucking mess it was. I had just <laughs> notes everywhere. Some writing horizontally, some vertical, some upside down. Like wherever I could get paper and pen to the paper like i was just writing down notes so it was fun to actually organize it from player to player and actually realizing how many players i did watch i had a list of probably 25 players where i had good notes that i was like okay i'm actually this was actually useful for me so um overall though got home safe obviously and uh feeling good and i'm i mean i'm not as excited as you are for the super bowl but like this game is going to be a blast so i can't wait till next episode where we really break it down yeah, absolutely. Um, and we do have some surprising news for you guys. Uh, I know Doug went ahead and blasted it on social media, but Doug has been doing some work behind the scenes. So before we even get into this, Teresa and I both owe you a thank you, Doug. We do appreciate the hard work you're doing. We see it. We appreciate it. Keep it up, man, because we're loving it. So without further ado, this episode of Talking Football is brought to you by our sponsorship, Nectar CBD. CBD will help you provide relief for any anxiety, depression, or any other health issues that you are currently facing. Whether you need help focusing on a hard project, whether you're in school and you need help with this, whether in your daily life, Trace, I'm sure you have several projects that you're working on at work that you're like, hey, I just need to calm down. I know I do at least. And any issues with sleeping, let me tell you about it. I can't do it. I tried this the other night as soon as it was mailed to me, and I slept like a freaking rock. You know what I mean? It was a small boulder. Or it was a large boulder the size of a small boulder laying in my bed, and I was out. If you've seen the tweet, you know exactly what I mean. Nectar CBD helps with that. 
This was a beautiful thing, and I'm excited that we have it, and I'm excited that it's a sponsorship. So if you want to learn how to get your own Nectar CBD, Trees will tell you how to do so. Yeah, Nectar's actually running a uh, site-wide sale right now of 50% off. So just go over to NectarCBDProducts.com, and that'll be while supplies last. And that is NectarCBDProducts.com. And you guys let us know. Like, Shoot us a message once you guys get that and let us know how you like it, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Absolutely. And again, this is Nectar CBD. Nectar CBD can help you live an elevated life by alleviating some of the biggest distractions that you face daily. Again, Nectar CBD, NectarCBDProducts.com, 50% off the entire site. Help yourself with some CBD. Awesome. Again, Duck, thank you. Thank you, Nectar. And without further ado, Trees, let's go ahead and get into Around the Laces. Because we've had some news piling through the NFL. Uh, and actually, you know what? I'm gonna just going to hit the brakes a little bit. Let me just stop. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm too excited. I almost forget that we do this and we have it. I apologize. Trecivia is where we're going to go. I don't know why I do this. I think this is the third time in a row I've almost tried to skip over this. It's my favorite segment. I don't know why I'm skipping over it. I apologize. Trecivia, let's go, man. All right. Quarterbacks with a minimum of 1,500 attempts. Minimum 1,500. Who has the? Who are the bottom four in career interception percentage? Aaron Rodgers. He is number one. I knew that was a given. There was the next three that I was really more interested in. Drew Brees. Nope. Tom Brady. He is number five on the list. Yep. Um, Philip Rivers. No way Philip Rivers is on that list, right? No way. No way. Not at all. Eli Manning. No way in hell. He has, I think he has, a, he has way too many interceptions. Get out of here. Not Peyton Manning? Nope. What the F? With at least 1,500. Correct. So your Patrick boy, Mahomes isn't there yet. No, he's only at like a thousand. All right. All right. Okay. Who am I just completely overlooking here? Alex Smith. He is number one, two, three, four, five, six. He's number eight on the list. Okay. Russell Wilson. He's number six on the list. Okay. Damn it. Am I going to be surprised when I hear these names? Uh, I. I was a little surprised on it. I mean, I guess you surprise is a strong word, but I wasn't thinking that these guys would be on the name. But I'll tell you what. One, two, three. So there's four more on my list, right? And three of them are active, and one, I don't think he's officially retired, but he's not playing right now. <laughs> okay. And he's not playing right now. Is Kurt Cousins on that list? He is not. Okay. Oh, actually, there's two that are not playing. I apologize. I missed one. Okay. No way in hell Jameis Winston is anywhere near this list. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> if we were doing the exact opposite, yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're looking at freaking number one, dude. Okay. What, AFC or NFC? We have uh, the two active, sorry, there are two active NFC, one active AFC, and then 
two that are just not playing anymore. Matt Ryan. Nope. What? Dude, do, you, do I need to start giving you some hints here? Get out of here. Matthew Stafford? No. Uh, this is Yeah, let's just hear the hints. Yeah. All right. Uh, one of them was a number one overall pick that set the record for lar- largest contract um, by a rookie. Got drafted by the St. Louis Rams. Sam Bradford? Sam Bradford is Get right behind Alex, here. man. Okay. The next one, AFC, he's in your division. I said Philip Rivers, Derek Carr. Derek Carr. What? Yep. Get right out of here. He's right. He's better than Alex Smith, but worse than Russell Wilson. <laughs> Next two. <laughs> Sorry, in stat wise, but yes, yeah, okay. fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, next, uh, there's three more. Um, the number four overall guy. He's very popular for n- not playing in the NFL right now. And not by his choice, in quotations. Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick is number four. Wow. Okay, now, and he's number four overall, so number two and three, NFC East, guys. Okay. Um, Tony Romo. Active players. Oh, active? Dak and Carson? Correct. Who's two and who's three? Two is Dak, three is Wentz. Opposite. What? Yep. Damn. All right, so let's hear that list again. Okay. Quarterbacks that have thrown at least a minimum of 1,500 balls. Oh, one more. No, no, no. Sorry. No, no. Keep going. You're right. Okay. So they've thrown at least 1,500 balls minimum. Yep. And this is what lowest? Career interception percentage. Wow. So number one, Aaron Rodgers. Two, Carson Wentz. Three, Dak Prescott. Four, Kaepernick. Five, Tom Brady. Six, Russell Wilson. Seven, Derek Carr. Eight, Alex Smith. Nine, Sam Bradford. Wow. Quite quite uh, a shocking list of names to kind of go together. Um, but I guess it just kind of goes to show... The separation of eliteness, or at least guys that take care of the ball, and which guys still help you win games, and which guys are just kind of like, eh, good quarterback. Yeah. All right, I got another game for you. It's not Tree Sivia, but it's going to be a who am I? Let, let's guess who am I. Oh, okay. All right. So I'm, I have, I mean, some of them are going to, it gets harder, or I guess it starts out hard and gets easier as we go. So we'll see how you go there. Okay, number one <laughs> is... Uh, I'll go basic here. Um, I am a wide receiver. I was picked in the second round. I have played for two NFL teams. My hands are my greatest asset. I have one more, but it, it'll give it away. So I want to see if you can guess who who am I. Okay. Uh, and these guys are still playing. He is still playing. Yes. Actually, I'll give you one more. I'm I've played in I'm currently in the a- AFC still. So Okay, so second round. Second rounder. I have played for I've, two teams. Two teams. Their hands, greatest asset is their hands. Is their hands. 
which I guess you, you could probably say that against all wide receivers, right? But like my thought process here is like who is known for their hands and maybe not the rest of their capabilities. Okay. Wow. It's a little tough. I know it's kind of vague, but I just wanted to see if like we could just start naming off players that we Is it a big name guy? Yeah, it's a big name guy. Okay, I'm trying to think of receivers that have moved teams. Sammy Watkins has played for three teams. Yep. Antonio Bryant's not playing. First, and huh? he was a first, and Sammy Watkins was a first round pick. That's Antonio true. Bryant was a sixth round pick. I'm in the NFC North sorry, AFC North. Juju Smith Schuster? No, he's only played one team. That's a good guess though. Like honestly, like that's two I would think you were you would guess, except for he's only played for one team. Yeah. Okay. He did, he wouldn't play for the Bengals. Does he play for the Bengals? No. I didn't know if you were asking me or if you were talking to yourself. <laughs> that look <laughs> on your face was so like, ah, mm, can't tell. Um I'm trying to think who on the Ravens would be worthy. Oh my God. I'm pissed at myself that I Javaris Landry. Boom. Nice guess. Wow. My last my last clue was my nickname is Juice, but I, I knew that would give it away. Yeah, or would yeah. that name okay. So I need to get better at that, but I, it's a segment that I want us to play. Like I think it will be yeah. fun, like guessing that, but I was like, ah, first try, let's see how it goes here. A little who are you talking about? <laughs> Who are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now to officially around the laces now. Like we've yes, had our fun here. here. Like let's break down some news. There has been a fair amount of news. So let's just see where we're going here. Number one, uh, Mr. Philip Rivers. We all talked about how he moved to Florida, right? Uh, news came out yesterday from Jay Glazer that, hey, they've already had that that call with him and said, hey, it's not happening. We're like, it's over. Like this marriage is over and that's probably why he left. But I think out of respect from the chargers, they didn't want to like officially announce that and have it be a big story. So everybody wants to know where Philip rivers is going to go. Um, so I guess Austin, the first question is, is, do you got any ideas of where you think a good fit would be? Um, I think a nice fit for him would probably be the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the reason I say that is um, they have an offensive line that's sturdy, and that was the thing he did not have this past this past year was an offensive line that he could trust. A lot of injuries went down. I mean, Trees, we talked to the lead reporter for the Chargers in Mobile, Chris. He lives in L.A., and he was like, you know, it was – it was tough to kind of see that happen because Phillip's just a great guy. He gets along with everybody. He knows everyone in the organization. And he goes, I, you know, I kind of hope that he gets to stay here because he likes them being in the building. But, you know, and that's kind of about the end of how that conversation went. But if I'm thinking of Phillip Rivers, I already have a family. I just moved everyone to Florida. I'm probably going to play one more season, but I want to go to a team that I know has a good defense, a defense that I can trust, an offensive line that's going to keep me upright and I don't have to move, and then receivers that are fast and reliable with a running game that I know can help carry the team if need be. If you're checking off all those boxes, that goes to the Indianapolis Colts. Marlon Mack at running back showed what he can do this year, kind of dealt with an injury bug, 
kind of disrupted their season a little bit. Jacoby Brissett just kind of started falling off, and you realize this guy just isn't the future. Wide receivers, you got T.Y. Hilton. You got Paris Campbell. You're probably going to get another one late in the draft or maybe middle of the draft. There's a deep receiver class, okay? You can find someone. Your offensive line, we already know one of the best in the league. And that defense, that defense is being rebuilt. They just need a couple back-end pieces in the secondary, and they need another pass-rushing option. They get that. That team's going to be making a lot of noise in the AFC, and they got looked over a lot this year because they dealt with injuries and hiccups, and especially with the retiring of Andrew Luck. Um, that entire fan base was in shock of that taking place. So, like I said, if I'm Philip Rivers and I'm looking for a team that's nearly complete and missing one one guy to help put it all together, I think that's where he would go. I get moving your family to Florida, but, hey, you can move your family to Florida and go, you guys are pretty much on vacation for this whole next year. Let me go to Indianapolis and just, boom, take off from there and see what happens. And I think that works out for him. I like it. Okay. Here's one for you that I haven't heard very much that I think makes sense. Um, what if Chargers with, or I'm sorry, excuse me, Carolina Panthers with that eighth pick take a guy like Justin Herbert or Jordan Love and let him sit for one year? You get Cam Newton off your books and you bring Phillip Rivers in for one year. Offensive line's not that bad in Carolina. You have Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he look at what how he dumps it off to Eckler and Gordon. Like, Christian yeah. McCaffrey's way better than that, obviously. And then you have guys like Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. And they have, I know Greg Olson's most likely going to retire, and I can't remember the other guy's name, but uh, they have another tight end that's up and coming right now. So... What about that fit? Go back to North Carolina. He did go to college there, North Carolina State. Maybe he wants to do one last run in where it all began. Oh, I kind of like that. And that makes sense. They got a young, they got young pass rushers. Linebacking core needs to be rebuilt after Luke Keekley retiring. Yeah. Um, and then your secondary, I mean, that got better as the year went on. Yeah. Obviously hey, a very tough good. division. Very tough division, but I mean, we can say the thing about the same with the Colts, right? Like, yeah, they're facing, they'd have to face the Texans and the Titans. So, and the Jaguars. Uh, Don't forget about the Jags. I will see about that, but um, <laughs> they may be tanking for the number one overall pick next year. Who knows? Um, so we'll see, though. Like, I just thought that, that would be like a nice fit, like offensively, like scheme wise, and like obviously, like the Panthers want to go young. Like, that's clear, right? They did it in their GM, they did it in their head coach, all of that. It's not like Philip Rivers is a long-term thing. It's maybe one year to groom a very raw quarterback that you're taking with the first-round pick, right? It's just like, hey, it's one year you learn, so then you can be the veteran in year two, and you can lead this team. Like, And I know Philip Rivers has been known to like, hey, I'm not that guy. I don't want to be that guy. But I think at this point, I think he knows that he has to be that guy. Like, there's no, I don't think anybody's going to bring him in saying, yeah, we're okay with you not trying to actually help the quarterback room. Yeah, that's, that's good. Cause that was my only concern. That last point you just made was him not wanting to train um, a younger guy, but shoot, I mean, you're at this point in your career, you just moved your family to freaking Florida. You might not have a choice. Um, heck, heck of a storyline there though. It's going to be fun to follow that as the off season kind of takes place and, goes from there starting next week after the Super Bowl. Uh, other news, though. Oh, Bob, Bill O'Brien 
has promoted himself to the general manager of the Texans um, and then hired a good old pal to be vice president of personnel. I don't know how everyone in that fan base is asking for you to be fired and you promote yourself to general manager where you have no picks and hardly any money. I feel bad for Deshaun Watson because I don't know how long this goes, and I hope his career doesn't get wasted. I really hope we don't get to a point where it's been six, seven, eight years in his career, and it's like, damn, we really just watched that career dwindle away due to Bill O'Brien not being um, aggressive within his play calling, getting consistent, getting comfortable, not changing anything, not being unique, and then trading every asset that you nearly have to make you better to just get blown out in the playoffs. That's tough. Especially after getting a 24-0 lead. That's even tougher, bro. It is. Uh, hey, I mean, he's in the AFC South, so like for me, I'm like, hey, if they want to have a downward spiral, that's fine by me. I'm good with that happening. Because, uh, I mean, Texans... Honestly, the Texans have owned this division last, like, five years. I know that they... I mean, I know they haven't won it every single year. The Jags won it one year. Uh, I think the Colts won it one year. So, but like overall, like the Texans have had the most success in this shorter period of time. So, uh, letting them drop and maybe giving some other teams uh, hope might be for the best. But we'll see. I mean, like you said, like obviously not a lot of draft picks. So, I'm interested to see how he tries to recover that uh, this off season. Like, how do you? manage to either get some free agents to come here with not that much cap space or how do you maneuver around in the draft to try to get up earlier because they have no draft capital whatsoever i don't i don't know it's i mean they don't have very much money either do they no they don't yikes dude (laughs) yeah bob as a Texans fan, like this is going to be a very fucking boring offseason. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we suck again. <laughs> yeah. Um. How about Demarco Murray moving to college for a little, for a second here? Demarco Murray getting a job on Oklahoma to be the running backs coach. Uh, you like to see that, like I do at least, like former NFL players, like all pro type players. Um, getting coaching gigs. I think that's really exciting and will be very, very interesting to see how that all plays out. Absolutely. I mean, this is a guy who tore it up at Oklahoma, comes to the NFL, tears it up even more with the Dallas Cowboys, gets traded to the Eagles, and things just kind of started to fall off from there. But, man, this is a great hire for the University of Oklahoma. I mean, the Sooners, they're getting a guy who holds records at their university they already have a history of great running backs coming through that program, and now you hire a guy who has shown success at every level. I mean, that's going to get you recruits, uh, let alone like top five star, like five star running backs that are trying to pick a college. Like, why not go learn from Demarco Murray? You have a great guy like that come into your living room and sit down and tell your parents, "I'm going to make him the best running back in the nation." Uh, it's going to be hard to say no to that. And I know there's a lot of great running backs out there, and the NFL is starting to get back to that kind of power scheme NFL style, so we're going to start seeing these bigger running backs. And if that starts going through Oklahoma again, 
I mean, Lincoln Riley, dude, he's just going to have a train session through the Big 12 forever because he is just going to be a powerhouse from here on out. Whether you get a quarterback that can run or you're just going to run the ball down everyone's throat with the help of DeMarco Murray, that's great for the University of Oklahoma. And that's honestly great for DeMarco Murray to kind of go back home, go to a place he's comfortable with, and get into the coaching realm. So good for him. Happy for everyone. Yep, absolutely. Uh Going to a very well-known college player by my hometown here, uh, now with the New Orleans Saints, and that's Taysom Hill. A lot of news coming out that the Saints are okay with him being the future of that franchise at quarterback position. So a couple thoughts here. One, you and I had this little argument a couple months ago about how you you said Taysom Hill was the future and not uh, Teddy Bridgewater. And I'm like, no, I didn't. Um, going back, rewatched or re-listened, I was right. I did say Teddy Bridgewater, but now I kind of want to be maybe I was wrong and maybe, <laughs> maybe you were right. Cause see, I told you, I told you that's what the Saints <laughs> want. <laughs> um, but no, in reality, I think that's a huge mistake. I mean, he's 20, he's going to be 29 this year. If Drew Blake Breeze plays one more year, that means he's 30. What are they going to try to do? Try to become like the Ravens, right? Like, is that what they're going to do? Like Taysom Hill was injured his entire career in college, like his entire career. So, I mean, I just don't see how that would work. I don't trust Taysom Hill as a passer to become like a dude that can throw it 25, 30 times a game. I just, I think it would be a mistake. I think that the saints should really think long and hard about is one more year with Drew Brees worth losing Teddy Bridgewater for maybe six, seven years, or what is your plan going forward? I I just don't think Taysom Hill, the future is the right plan. Yeah. I mean, and the other question is you had Teddy Bridgewater start five games for you this year. Yeah. And he threw nine, nine touchdowns and two picks. Yeah. I mean, where was Taysom Hill during that? Exactly. Why wasn't he starting for you then? If he's going to start you from the future. I think this is just a ploy for them to kind of say, hey, we might have Taysom Hill be our starting quarterback. Let's just see what we could possibly get for Teddy Bridgewater. Just see where that market is. Because if you say Taysom Hill is our starting quarterback from here, if Drew Brees retires, you know people are calling in and going, what about Teddy? What's the price tag on Teddy? Because you got a lot of teams that are looking for a quarterback. I mean, Carolina, they might be going, hey, what's this going to be? The Los Angeles Chargers, hey, what's this going to be? I mean, yep. shoot, maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are like, yo, we need Jameis the fuck out of here. What is it going to be for Teddy Bridgewater? Because we need to bridge this gap from multiple interceptions to let's take care of the ball. So maybe Bridgewater helps there. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are looking for a quarterback right now. So in my mind, I think this is just a ploy to let's see how many people we can get calling in for Teddy Bridgewater and just kind of see where that market is heading into the draft here. I don't disagree with you. I think that's a very like smart way of thinking about it. So, yep, agreed there. Uh, what about Russell Wilson during the Pro Bowl giving Breeze the start? That's just an ultimate sign of respect to me. And maybe there was like a pre-conversation of like, hey, man, I'm probably done after this. Like, this is my last organized game of football Yeah. for the NFL. Mm-hmm. And Wilson's like, you know what? There's no way you're not going to start this. So I think they probably had like a somewhat of a private conversation or maybe Brees had it with the, the coach of – because who were the coaches for the NFC? Do you know? I don't mean to put you on the spot. 
I don't know. I didn't I watch. Know. I did not watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't either. I found out some horrible news when I got off the plane, uh, yeah. and I was like, I'm not watching the Pro Bowl. Um, but also, those jerseys were just hideous. I, like those were the ugliest jerseys. If you need someone to help you, des- I just the NFL Pro Bowl jersey designers and Madden, give me a fucking call because both of you guys are doing awful at designing shit. Just let me help. Just let me help. That's all I ask. But Wilson giving Breeze the star, I think that's really nice of him. Ultimate sign of respect. I agree. I think that I kind of still think that he plays one more year, but I think he maybe deep down knows that. I mean, given if he announced that it was going to be his last year, he would get a Pro Bowl vote. But he might even be thinking, hey, like this, I'm I'm only playing one more, and I don't know if I'm going to play up to like a Pro Bowl level with how many good NFC quarterbacks there are now. Like we're just getting better and better NFC or quarterback play in general that I think it's just going to get extremely difficult to make the Pro Bowl. So, uh, yeah, I'm there. Uh, this one, you're probably like, we're sorry, I'm running down the rundown. You're probably like, I don't know what this means. Um, and that is Dolphins prediction. That's what I wrote it down as. Um, I'm going to just go out and say this. I just want it just out in the airwaves here just so everybody knows. I'm going to just say that the Dolphins take Justin Herbert over to a, at pick five. Wow. I'm going to just say it right now. <laughs> I'm going to stick to it, too. So <laughs> what about Herbert to the Panthers at eight? No, no. Oh, like, man. I think that's more of a Jordan Love type thing, but like, yes, yeah, sure. Like, if if he falls, yeah, like it's still a plan, right? But I personally think that I think teams are going to be more scared of the Tua injuries, even if he looks healthy. I still think that teams are going to be scared of it. I think that Herbert is just built to dominate the pre-draft process. He did in Mobile. He played very well all week. Yep. I think he's going to dominate at the combine. I think he'll be able to answer a lot of questions, right? Like I think the interview process, I don't see him struggling in that. When you go to a pro day, he's going to look like a freak, right? He, we've talked, everybody talks about it. He's the prototypical quarterback, like size, strength, everything, right? Like the biggest thing is like, is his mental toughness there? I think he's going to be able to talk his way into showing that he is, if he is or is not right. I, we don't know, right? Like only time will tell on that. But I just have this gut feeling that the Dolphins will buy into that and will be okay with saying, let's let him be that fifth overall pick. You don't have that's to that's nuts. You don't have to agree or anything. I just wanted to no, get I mean, it, saying that. Like that's what I want. Or it think. makes sense. And as you were talking, I started thinking about like when you mentioned the the prototypical quarterback, six five, two some pounds, strong arm, smart. Who does that remind you of in the NFL right now? Who's a coach that just loves that prototypical type quarterback? Tall, big hands, smart, make the right decision at times. Put him in a good scheme. You're gonna find success. I don't know who you're trying to. I, I feel like that's almost every co- coach. So I Bill don't know Belichick. To okay. a T. Yeah, that's true. They'll only look at quarterbacks if they meet like a certain criteria um, on their list. That's about the only way they'll be like, all right, 
Yeah, we'll take a look at this quarterback. And he was down in Mobile. We saw him standing along the sideline. Yep. I. What does Bill Belichick have to do with the Dolphins, though? He doesn't have to do with the Dolphins. It has to do with the fact that the Patriots might just trade up and take Herbert. Gotcha. Okay, I see and where you're going. on from Tom Brady. Yeah. Tom Brady wants to take a peek around the NFL. Bill Belichick is going, all right, let's go get our new guy, Justin yeah. Herbert, out of Oregon. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. What would it t- – like, I mean, you have to move up into at minimum top seven or eight, right? Yeah. So, like – what would it take to move from the 20s, early 20s, to top 10? We're talking three first-rounders, two first, two seconds? Like, I mean, what the Chiefs, the Chiefs did a, a first that year, a first the next year, and a second seconds. the next year to yeah. go from 20, I think, no, they weren't 27. Wasn't it 20? They were 24 to 10. Yeah. So they gave up two firsts and a second. Yeah, so two firsts and two seconds to move up an extra two or three spots Yeah. would sound uh, accurate. Yep. I could see him doing it. Me too, even though like he's not a big like trade-up type guy, like he's just not, Bill Belichick, but I also could see it because it's a quarterback position, right? Like, yeah. Everything changes with that position, and they haven't had to deal with that position for 20 fucking years. <laughs> like, it is what it is at this point, man. Like, like we've all had to, like, deal with all these fucking, like, not, not all of us get Tom Brady. Some of us have to deal with Blaine Gabbert and shit. I don't know. Blake Bortles. Byron uh-huh. Leftwich, like the amount of anger that just, just <laughs> came from your body. Uh, yeah, worry about it for twenty fucking years. That was good. That was uh, that was classic. I liked that a lot. <laughs> so, anyways, that's what I wanted to talk about. I just wanted to get that out there. If I'm wrong, hey, I'll I'll admit it. But like, I'm gonna ride this train the rest of this draft thing. That I and maybe maybe I'm being prisoner of the moment of being really impressed with how he did during the senior bowl. But I mean, I just, I just think that people are going to buy into it. I just really do. And especially with like the athlete that he is, like you could see it even in the game of like him, like stepping up in the pocket and taking off. Like you get almost that Ryan Tannehill feel to it. And with Ryan Tannehill having such a good year, people are like, yeah, like, yeah, he started off slow in his career, but maybe it was just because he had a stupid-ass coach in Adam Gase. Like, maybe <laughs> yeah. he just needs a good coach. We're good coaches. We can do this. I don't know. We can move on. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm, I just want to – I kind of just want it to happen really bad now. <laughs> don't apologize. There's no need to apologize. It's our podcast. We talk about whatever the fuck we want. That's what I like to hear. Yes, All sir. Right. Senior Bowl, we've, we've talked about it a couple times, but – any final notes or anything that you wanted to talk about? We obviously did our podcast before the game started. Uh, everybody, the game clearly does not matter. Like the big, the big tell is the Lions team, the North beat the South all week. The South practice was way better. Player, you could tell more of what the players actually were. So, like, it doesn't mean anything. So, like, we're not going to put that into account of. Lions are better than Bengals for X, Y, Z or whatever because the game yeah. doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Uh, Shea Patterson was awful. Uh, 
Jalen Hurts, not so good either. I kind of felt bad him, felt bad for him for a little bit because he just had no left tackle. Uh, and a huge part of that was because of Bradley and Nay. Is that did I pronounce that right? Anai, yeah. Anai, Bradley and I. Dude showed out. He balled out. So good for him. Props to that guy. Uh, like I said, kind of felt bad for Jalen Hurts. Shea Patterson, I mean, hopefully we just don't have to hear about anybody from the University of Michigan ever hyping him up again. Uh, just bad performance, bad play, bad threads, just bad. Like, Mr. Bad, Shea Patterson. Like, that's it. That's the talk. That's the tweet. That's the podcast. Shea Patterson, equal sign. Very, very, very bad. Uh, let's move on to receivers. Was there any receiver that really stood out to you in that game that you were kind of like paying attention to during practice, but stood out more so in the game for you than anyone else? Um, so he didn't get the stats, uh, but Van Jefferson, like he yep. still was running very clean routes and everything. So like, again, stats don't matter here, but I think it just kind of goes along with the week of just like how good I thought he was. He really kind of won the week for me, like, really? I, and not just for me, for everybody, right? Everybody's talking about him. He did a very good job. So I would say, um, Van Jefferson and I'm, and I apologize. I don't know how to crochet prosh. I can't remember his name. Uh, Southern Methodist school, the little, little dude, uh, number 13. Do you remember this kid? We, we were talking not. about him on his punt returns there earlier in the practices. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. He just seems like a very quick kid that I feel like could do something in the NFL, just even on special teams or in the slot, doing a lot of things, just being small, fast, and twitchy. Like, I, I just get impressed by those kids. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the linebackers and running backs, it's kind of hard to judge them in practice, but the TCU running back, his name's slipping off the top of my head right here. Trace, if you haven't, you could save me. I'd greatly appreciate it. But I, that running back from TCU, uh, he balled out a little bit during that game when he got his rep. So it was good to see that. He popped out for me in practice, too. I really wish I remembered his name. I feel awful that I don't have it off the top of my head here. Um, but him, the TJ Brunson kid from South Carolina, and then the Wilson kid from Wyoming, they stood out as well in the game. Very smart players. Uh, they look like they just put themselves in the right position. Um, and they're not scared to hit. And I, some of you might be like, well, duh, they're linebackers. But – I mean, you get linebackers that spend more time reading and accepting the hit. These guys went for it. And so it was nice to see that, uh, especially at that position, at the linebacker role during practice. You don't really get that opportunity to hit. Uh, so when they got that chance in during the game, they they made sure that they showed out. So it was it was cool to see that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then a, bit, a, bit of, uh, a little bit of a homer pick for me, but Francis Bernard had a very good week. I actually tweeted that he was struggling day one because I thought that he wasn't very comfortable. But like day two, something like clicked and he was like calling out defensive formations, calling out plays. He's doing very good in pass coverage. And I could see him be, being a big riser in the draft where he could be one of those third or fourth round picks where you're like, yeah, who is this kid? And then all of a sudden, we come to like September and it's a dude that plays a lot, maybe doesn't start, but like is in a lot of sub formations and packages for the defense. Uh, great athlete and just solid dude, solid tackler. Obviously, like I said, can play in coverage. Like he's what you're looking for in today's uh, NFL of linebackers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was awesome though. I, th I know we touched up on it at the beginning of the episode, 
But, man, just being on Mobile with you in person, getting to record the podcast, it was awesome. We had some great freaking food, too. The drinks were awesome. Uh, the amount of different drinks that we had, my body's still trying to get everything out. Uh, I've just been drinking water um, and Dr. Pepper and sweet tea and Gatorade, so not really anything any better <laughs> <laughs> now, that I, now that I think about it. But uh, I've just been trying to stay away from the alcohol up until this next weekend. But, uh, man, Mobile was such a blast, dude. It was. It, it was a very good time. Um, all right, and then last thing we kind of talked about, we didn't really watch a lot of the Pro Bowl um, because, very sad news, Kobe Bryant passed away. Uh, our condolences to all the families and all that. Um, everybody's heard about it. I mean, some people are trying to listen to podcasts to get away from that sad news, try to up their spirit. So we're not going to talk about it too much. But we just wanted to make sure we did say our condolences to all of the families that were affected, not just the Bryant family. Um, but moving back over to the Pro Bowl, uh, we got it. We say it every year, right? But like, can we change some shit up here? Can we make this something like? Nobody watches this shit. Like, people watch the Thursday activities because they're fun, like dodgeball and, like, whatever other events that they have, throwing competitions, all of that type of stuff, catching competitions, all of it. Like, that's a lot of fun. Uh, overall, though, like, after the game was over, like, watching highlights and watching Clayus Campbell win defensive player of the game and watching DJ Chark have a 60-plus yard touchdown. I was, and then watching... Uh, Josh Allen get a blocked field goal and another sack. I was like, cool. At least a couple of Jags showed out in it. Like, that's at least a, a positive there. Yeah. Uh, glad to hear that the Jags showed out. I didn't watch a single damn down of that game. <laughs> I didn't watch nothing. I watched Lamar Jackson score one point, hit one target, and uh, that was about all I saw of the Pro Bowl besides Javaris Landry's epic comeback in the uh, the dodgeball game that was legit if you haven't seen it you need to go find it that was it was absolutely absurd just speaking of a great catcher known for his catching played on two teams in the afc who you talking about javaris landry mr juice uh dude i like that segment actually that's that's really we're gonna have to keep doing that 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 yeah. was awesome <laughs> it'll be a fun one right <laughs> I, I think it's gonna be a good time and i'm sure that we have our listeners are probably like just screaming, it's this player. I'm, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure they've done that from time to time on Trisavia too with you. Yep. But <laughs> Come on, you freaking idiot. Just guess it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, all right. Okay. So sorry our episode did come out a day later than usual, everybody. We have been busy getting back into the groove of everything. We did both miss a week of everything around our houses and work. So had to catch up there. Um, and rather than us having just back-to-back days with episodes, we are going to record on Thursday, and the episode will come out on Friday. So a nice preview of the Super Bowl. Uh, we're going to break down a lot of stuff. I think both of us are going to do, not that we haven't already done some research on this game, especially Austin here, but we are going to dive really into it. Um, Austin is going to tell you all the reasons why the Chiefs are going to win this game. And maybe I'll tell him you and him why the Niners are going to win this game. So we'll find out. Okay. okay. All right. I, I mean, I, to be clear, I have not chosen who I think is going to win this game yet. I do want to do a little bit more research here. Gut feeling. Fuck it. You guys can wait till next episode, actually. 
Ooh, li- leaving us on a cliffhanger. Even me. Yeah. yeah oh, even- fuck you. <laughs> Did you notice how, like, during this last week, everybody was talking about who was going to win the game, and I just kept my mouth shut the entire yeah. time? Yeah. Because <laughs> you usually sit next to me, and I'm like, come on, fucker, run your mouth. Run nope. it. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I want you to be just that much more excited for the podcast. I'm I don't about. know if excited is the right word, but uh, you got it. I mean that's rude that you're not excited for uh, <laughs> no. the what you the way you freaking left me on the cliff there. I'm just ah, where's Thursday at? Let's go. Yep. All right. Cool. Uh, thank you everybody. We appreciate it. If you guys have anything else we want to, you guys want us to talk about, you guys want to hear about, let us know. Hit us up on social media. And other than that, after this episode of the Super Bowl, we are going to start getting into a lot of draft and free agent stuff. I think we'll probably start out with free agency first, obviously, because that's first, because that's going to dictate what we think is going to happen in the draft. I'm very excited to start breaking down all the teams some more. So uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And tonight we've been talking football.